All right, we're rolling sound. Here, here is no, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody again. And thank you for joining us for another edition of the Voice Report, specializing in high school, college, and Philadelphia sports. And this is sort of take two as the first time around. We had a little bit of a bad go around. It's my conversation with Bryant men's basketball coach, Philip Martelli Jr. He's the son of, of St. Joe and current Michigan basketball coach, Phil Martelli. A man who really did not have much of a silver spoon. He has battled his way through trials and tribulations and has bounced around from different universities. And uh, I am pleased on this Thanksgiving night as his team prepares for their season opener with Jim Beheim at Syracuse University. I am proud to have my former boss, my friend. I kind of call him a brother from another mother because it's kind of who he is. <laughs> Phil Martelli Jr. Phil, how are you? It was a good one, right? It was a good introduction. That's got to be the best introduction. I think it was a good introduction. Yeah, it was. Hey, back on your sentiments. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and certainly happy holidays. You know, during these interesting times, and you know, I know it's going to be a lot different. You know, the next couple weeks, all the different holidays for everybody. But hopefully, everybody gets some quiet time and some time with their family and some time to reflect on. But it's certainly been an interesting year. And yes, it has. A, a really tough year, and you know, but uh, you know, the fact that we're all here, and, and hopefully, at least the majority of us are healthy and, and safe and all that. That's uh, you know, can't lose sight of that. Well, we were talking about this before. We unfortunately had to. Uh, oh, by the way, I just got a text a few minutes ago from your dad. It was as always. Uh, you know, I love when your dad uh, sends me messages because your your dad, like I said, is is easily one of the if not the smartest human being that that I've ever known in my life and uh you know I want to talk a little bit about what it was like growing up with your father uh and we want to also talk a little bit about because of course you have a brother uh who's now the director of operations at uh, Virginia Commonwealth they had a they had a tough one uh earlier today and uh Two of my favorite players are on that team, Mikhail Jones and Bones Highland. I know that uh, there's a lot to that's a lot to fathom again when you talk about high level uh, type of uh, talent. But you yourself have tried uh, to bring in some Philadelphia talent. Now you started at St. Joseph's Prep, just like your father did, and then you went on to play at St. Joe's. And you were mentioning this, and again, apologies the first time around. We did have uh, some delays. Uh, because of the, you know, I guess you could say technical phone issues. Uh, you know, going to the games must have been the coolest thing in the world, being, uh, you know, at those St. Joe type of games when your dad was coaching. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And and as we were talking about before, uh, we got cut off earlier. Yes. You know, for me, I, I felt so lucky to have the best of both. You know, my dad was a coach, which meant, you know, on a Wednesday night in January, we were packing up the car and we were going to ski game. You know, and then on Saturday, if, you know, we'd have games in the morning and then we'd go to his And, you know, we got to do that, be around all the guys and be in the locker room and be at practice and, uh, you know, shoot in all these, you know, big arenas and do all those things that, you know, I'm fortunate now with, with my own children that, that they get to be, you know, be involved in that. But when we were home, you know, he was dad. So, you know, I went from, hey, this is really cool, my dad's the coach, to, you know, this is really cool, my dad's my dad. Yeah. And, you know, it's something, it's it's probably the biggest thing that I've tried to take uh, from him and apply to my own life now with, with my three children, Philip, Mara, and Nathan. 
Yeah. Or 11, yeah. 82 years old. And, and, and Philip himself has, has really, I guess you could say, has taken in that, uh, uh, that uh, because and, and and we all remember and a lot of people don't know this that 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 was your son now everybody yep. when he so uh, the reason why I bring this up uh, there was I believe it was the A ten I want to say two thousand what was it two thousand sixteen I believe or two thousand fifteen was that the year that when they won the I think it was the uh, first two thousand fourteen okay so the but the year that Philip was that fourteen or sixteen. Uh, it was fourteen. It was fourteen. And championship at Delaware, and so and so. I I think our audience deserves to know that everybody looks at it and says that's Phil Martelli's grandson. They don't realize <laughs> that's Phil Martelli Jr.'s son. He's a basketball coach, and you, like I said, have led such an amazing uh, journey. You go from Central Connecticut State, you're Niagara. Uh, you know, you after you graduate from college, you you really spent a lot of time being on the road. Um, what was that experience like? So when that all kind of blew up, I, what I have always said is, you know, for at that time it was thirty three years of my life I was, you know, Phil Martelli's son, and then uh, that year I turned into Philip Martelli's father, and. You know, I used to laugh. I'm like, I'll never have my own identity. I was one of one, and I'm the father of the other. Uh, you know, but but we were really fortunate. I mean, what a, what an unbelievable time. And again, that kind of goes with what I was saying before. Like, you know, for him at at uh, you know four, five, six years old to be able to experience that, be with his grandfather, be in the Barclays Center, and be on the floor, you know, celebrating a championship, and um, you know, at the same time, you know, the, the that was a Sunday afternoon. Yes, yes, it was. On, on, it's, if it's Selection Sunday, yeah, chances are, Phil, it has to be Monday, on a Sunday afternoon. Before that, <laughs> um, the Monday before that, we had won the championship. So he's on the floor in the arena yes. in you know Baltimore celebrating with me. And then, you know, less than a week later, you're celebrating with your grandfather. Oh, Unbelievable it's, experience. Oh, it's amazing. That's a great time for us. And, and but for you... Yeah, but you did some celebrating yourself when you were in college because you played alongside, and you know I have to think about. Um, Jake, what, I have to stop you real quick. That's the second time you used the word "play" with my college career. Play being very, but you were on the center. team though. I was on the team. I you were on the team, but I was on the I was on the team. I put on a uniform. Yes, and actually I was lucky because we had really good teams. So that's fair. You know, that's I fair. Play. I did. Uh, that's fair. Play quite a bit, me and. But I think that anybody who's in a uniform like, is a basketball player. Uniform, so. But you, but you were on the in the uniform. That's considered to be a basketball player. I was on the team. I was in, I was on the roster, and I had a uniform on. That's but true. Not as not as much. That's fair. That's fair. That's no. That that's that's fair. And getting the opportunity uh, to play for your dad, and well, okay, let's not say play. Getting the opportunity to suit up in front of your dad. Let's say suit up. We'll go suit up. There you go. I like it. And <laughs> come on, you can never you can never be mad at the voice. How can you be mad at the voice? <laughs> so uh, Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. And I brought this up with your father a few days ago considered maybe the greatest backcourt in the history of that program and John Bryan and Dwayne Jones and Chet Stachitis and Dave Mallon and it's the list goes on and on and just what was the experience Pat like Carroll. with that yeah, team? Pat Carroll, Pat Carroll. Pat Carroll, my goodness. the One of my favorite players that I played against in high school. What an experience that was. Tell me about that, what that was like. 
I mean, it was really unbelievable. And, and obviously the winning and, and the memories that were made with that um, certainly enhance it. But the group of people that we were with and, you know, to still be uh, so close with all of them and, um, you know, me and Pat, you know, still very close, John Bryant, Jameer, you know, to still talk to those guys and, um, you know, to watch as we've all kind of grown into to grown-ups here. You know, we were just kids. You know, we were just kids yeah. having fun and winning games. You were my childhood. So, you were my childhood. Yeah. I had the opportunity in college to watch – to watch these kids, I remember going to a Sixer game, and I was I was marking because you you know as well as anybody, I'm a I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. I'll stay a fan. I marked out when I saw Jameer and getting to see two year old little Jameer, who I became very close with. What a job he's done uh, at at uh, George Washington. But at that time, you were the rock stars. I mean, this this you guys were like you know, you were the Beatles in Philadelphia. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And you know, again, it was just—it was just good people to be able to do things yeah. like that with really, really good people, and be connected and be, uh, you know, intertwined forever. And you know, the best thing that happened to that group was me and Mike Farrelly graduated in yes. 2003, and then uh, they could go on and do bigger and better things the year after and go undefeated, go to the Elite Eight without us. So. You know, there was major addition by subtraction when me and Mike graduated. And now Mike is uh, uh, is doing really well. Um, and my thought, of course, my thoughts and prayers are with Joe Mihalik, uh, who's recovering from a uh, medical injury that I'd re- obviously we can't discuss, uh, disclose here. But Mike has been given the blessing of a lifetime. And, of course, I spend a lot of time uh, talking to um, – Liz, your sister on Facebook, and she's always sending, uh, uh, she's always p- putting up pictures of all the players and all the members of the family she's following, and that includes Mike, because Mike really is a big part of the Martelli family. It seems like. No, I mean, he's he's, you know, we, you know, this being around us, like family is a a very important thing to us. You know, people use that a lot. They say, "Oh, we're a family, we're a family," but you know, to us, our family is is really a uh, an incredibly strong unit. And Mike is very much a part of that. And there's very few people that I would say, you know, that we would consider, you know, there's people that we consider very close friends and, and, and all that. But, you know, as far as being a family member, Mike is, you know, he's he's a brother. He's, you know, him and I have been, you know, super close since college. And, yeah. you know, feels like all we do is get closer, you know, year after year. And, you know, he was in my wedding. I was best man in his wedding. Oh, virtually every day. And oh, yeah, I'm godfather to one of his children. Yep, and, I've know, heard that story. You know, I, I've heard that. I've heard you tell that. Yeah, I've heard you wife. tell that story a bunch of times. In fact, every time Mike and I see each other, it's he always uses the phrase "what an honor it is," and I keep trying to tell Mike I'm not that special. <laughs> he is an amazing man. I'm so proud of what he's done. I really do congratulate. Uh, everything that he's accomplished, and, and in my opinion, I know it's just the ter- the title is interim, but I really do believe Mike's going to be a head coach somewhere someday, and that uh, title no will doubt. be permanent. And he'll be incredibly Has successful to be. when he gets the opportunity. And, and your dad would back would back us up on this by saying that if you don't know a better coach in the world, then you don't know Mike Farrelly, because Mike Farrelly is, I probably think, beside with the exception of you. The hardest worker I have ever known in my life. Everywhere I turn, in any recruiting event I've ever been to, he's the first guy on the scene. I think he is extremely knowledgeable, and I think his IQ is inc- is incredibly through uh, the roof. He's, he's he's off 
off the charts. No, he is. You're exactly right. I mean, yes. his work ethic is second Let's, to none. Uh, I mean, he's always been incredible, and he's always been that way. Oh, absolutely, and he, and he yes. Just, he loves the game. He, he does. loves being part of it. He loves being around it. I mean, he was... You know, but the, I know a certain, yeah, but I know a certain. Be in the gym, you know, yep. you just be like, you walk in and Mike was in the gym. You walk in and Mike was in the sure. gym. Sure. You know, and, and, um, you know, he's always been a great example for all of us. Well, I, I know a certain individual. I'm yep. my brother there, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be rooting any harder for sure. him. Sure, sure. Well, I want—I know a certain individual, actually, uh, who works just as hard as he does. I'm talking about you. What basketball has done for you, uh, you know, because, you're, again, you're second-generation um basketball and you've traveled around the country again uh i know you spent some time at home uh you also were um well the the reason why i mentioned why you spent some time at home because you had kind of gone through different stints with different schools from niagara and central connecticut and you even had that stint uh with the with the delaware 87ers uh was that uh was that experience what was that experience like it was great um you know i was working with eugene burrows um, great, great coach, guy, a great player at Episcopal, player, by the way. Been in college and, you know, in the pros now. And uh, Dan Tashney was the other assistant who's become one of my closest coaching friends. And, um, you know, he's a pro guy. I'm a college guy, so we kind of bounce a lot of our pro and college questions off of each other. And, you know, just an unbelievable resource. So um, it was great. I mean, I, I the misnomer there is that it's like a league of misfits, and it's not. It's a league of guys that are, you know, trying super hard to make it, trying to get something, trying to get somewhere, whether it's, you know, guys that are trying to get, you know, better to get overseas and get, you know, better contracts over there, if it's guys that are, you know, working to get uh, to the NBA. And they're all real basketball players. And I say this all the time, like, those guys appreciate good basketball more than any group I've ever been around. And that's all they cared about. They didn't care – um, you know, it wasn't selfishness. It wasn't, you know, let me get mine and screw everybody else. It was, they really were about, you know, playing the right way. And uh, and those guys are incredibly smart. And, and it was a big boost for me because we had come off, we had won the championship at Delaware in 2014. Uh, my boss, Monte Ross, who's now at Temple, um, you know, there were some, some issues there and we win the championship and, you did a great number, by the way, at and Delaware. I remember that, too. I around with him a little bit, and, you know, eventually, uh, you know, he got let go, and we got let go, and, yeah. you know, it was kind of a tough time, and you kind of sit there and reflect and go, like, man, what did, what did we do wrong? Like, we won a championship with good, some good young talent. Oh, yes, yes. Thing, and oh, yes. You know, we had some really, really good recruits in the fold. Eli Kane, who ended up being a... All big sure. And John sure. Davis ended up being, I think, and you were and you were also, but you were also recruiting, um, who's now starring really well. And unfortunately, I was just uh, for those who are, whenever you're listening to this, uh, St. Joe's suffered a really tough overtime loss to, um, you know, to Auburn. But uh, you know, you were really hard on uh, Ryan Daly. In fact, Ryan went yeah, for I mean, two all, years you know, for, those, and and I was a first team All CAA player. And yeah, we had that going, and then you know. When, when you get let go like that, you kind of question, like, well, what, you know, what went wrong? And, you know, am I any good? Or, you know, maybe I'm not, you know, built for this or whatever. And and then I got there and, you know, got to the 87ers. And, and it kind of restored my faith and kind of built my confidence back up because, you know, you got to really know your stuff to, to get it done, you know, with those guys. Because they are extremely, extremely knowledgeable 
And, you know, to have those guys looking at you, to have Nate Robinson, who's played in the NBA for 12 years and played for Doc Rivers and Tom Thibodeau and all these great coaches, and he's coming to you, you know, asking you what you think, you know? And, and yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Other guys, Russ Smith. And, yep. Uh, Aaron Harrison and all these guys. Absolutely. They're coming to you. And, you know, it makes you realize, like, all right, like, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I can do this. And, and, you know, it was a big boost for me, you know, especially going through that for the first time of being on staff that got let go, where, you know, now all of a sudden you can turn around and go, like, all right, like, I I know what I'm doing. You know, and. and I, yeah, you know, I think you knew what you were doing. For you for sure. I've always thought you'd know what you were doing. You also had, like I said, you had a little bit of a break in between before you got back into coaching, eventually you settled in with the 87ers, and you're now where you are now, the Bryant University out in Rhode Island. But uh, you had a, we had some good times um, at Elevate Hoops. Uh, you were my boss. Uh, was, that, uh, was, was that fun, uh, 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 me working for you? Because I got to tell you, you're probably like the greatest boss I think I ever had because you would always constantly tell me, you'd say, Jake, stand up straight, or Jake, give me the score sheet. Jake, who's winning this game over here? You know that I never, because you know I love basketball, as I've said a thousand times as much as anybody, so you know you can usually count on me for getting the job done, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. And I, You've always said that, that I was your boss. I don't know if I was actually your boss. Yes, you were, site director. Well, I worked for you. But uh, Yeah, I was, I was kind of in between that summer. I was waiting for my stuff to start with the 87ers. Yep. You know, wasn't at Delaware anymore and was kind of – you were around and yeah. Rob Engerman, who's one of the best people in basketball, and, uh, you know, super well connected and all that, and a good friend. You know, he had said to me, "Just come around, just come work, the, you know, do whatever you want. Like, come be at the events." And you know, he was—he's uh, a good man and a good friend, and yep. I appreciate him for for doing that. Yeah, and it's I, a shame that things didn't really work out for for Rob. I, I, the company kind of went a little bit down under, and it got kind of worse with COVID because with the season. With summer basketball kind of like getting canceled, you know they they weren't doing much better anymore than than EYBL and UAA and, and, and Adidas. And since 2018, you've been the assistant coach. You recently were promoted uh, to associate. I congratulate you. And of course, I had you on uh, back during the uh, ESPN Philadelphia days. I was honored to talk to you about that. And uh, but I, I got to tell you, um, if I could think of anyone. And I mean anyone that deserves that promotion, because I am hearing the calling of a head coach someday. It's got to be you. I appreciate that, Jake. That's the plan. I I, uh, I say this all the time. I feel like you know, for for most of my career, I feel like you're one step away from that ultimate goal, or you're a million steps away, and you never really know. But you know, all you can do is take that next step. You know, and that's what I do. Try to do every day. You know, take that next step and try to prepare that. You know, at some point in time, hopefully that opportunity comes and, you know, you're only going to get one shot, so you got to be ready for it. you got the talent coming back again this year, led by the uh, NEC Rookie of the Year, and I believe, is that Mikey Robinson the third? Mike Green. Mike, Mike Green. Green. That's right. I knew that last name was familiar, but yes, it was Michael Green the third, And, of course, one of my favorite New Yorkers, Charles Pride. I had a chance to watch uh, when Bryant was playing Drexel last season, and Pride put on a show for the ages. I want to say about 19 points and 12, 13 rebounds. He was very, very excited to see me, as I was to see him. 
He is a fun player, again, to watch. Um, you play Syracuse again to start the season tomorrow, going up against, when you talk about a legend like Jim Beheim, what? how high are these expectations for Coach Grasso uh, and this program? Well, I mean, there's certainly high expectations that we put on ourselves. And, you know, it's really just the standard of every day, of coming and competing every day. And, you know, our thing is we want to be – the most competitive and want to be the most hardworking team that we can possibly be. And, you know, we try to bring that every single day in everything that we do, every practice, every workout. You know, I think if you walked in our gym, and I think this is the sign of a, a really good program, is that people could walk in and they could, you know, spend not even that long around you, but be in your practice, be in a workout, and know what you stand for. And I think when people come to our gym, they know, you know, we stand for hard work, we stand for competitiveness. So, you know, we've, we, we took over a really, really tough situation. They were 3-28 and 28 the year before we got there. Uh, you know, the gym we walked into um, those first couple days, you know, great kids. They were really good students. They did everything you asked. But the talent level was, was low. And, um, you know, here we are, you know, two years later, three years later, and we've, you know, we had seven new guys last year. We have nine new guys this year, and everybody on our roster is guys that we recruited. You know, there's no more uh, guys that, that were here when we got here. So, you know, they're all our guys now. They're all guys that chose to come play for us and play for Jared and, uh, you know, be a part of our of our program. And, you know, there's, there's a significant talent level there. And I, I've said to him a couple times here recently, you know, the last two years you'd stand there and practice as a coach and you'd stop it and you'd say to a guy, okay, how didn't you see that? Like that was, it was right yeah. there. Like how did you not see that? And, and trying to coach them and teach them. And now with the talent level we have, you know, it's been, it's been a lot different where there's a lot of plays where you stand there and go like, wow, how did you see that? You know, like how, these how kids have unbelievable IQs. And, and, it's, it's amazing. I would not believe and, that. Especially blending so many new guys and some high-level transfers. Peter Kitts from Rutgers, Melo Eggleston, who was yeah. originally at Wake Forest. Absolutely. Otto, who was a top 150 player out of, uh, originally from Venezuela, was at UAB. And, sure. Uh, Chris Childs, who was a, a, a Juco All-American last year. And I wonder if that's, and I wonder if that's probably the son guys. of, and is that the son oh, of Chris Childs? No, he is not. He is not. I, I, um, I assume when you hear a name like Chris Childs, you got to be I thinking. Yeah, you but no, he is not. <laughs> we blended all this talent together, and, and there's sometimes there's a danger with that because those guys are just in it for themselves. And the thing that's really amazing about this group is they are incredibly unselfish. Oh. And they really know how to play. They not just know how to play and have the ability to score, but they're incredibly unselfish. It's just we're blending nine new guys, so you, you don't really know what you're going to get. Uh, and it will take some time, and you know we do have some tough, tough opponents on the schedule, and um, you know we may take some lumps, but you know I'm I'm willing to bet on this group. I, I like the group. I like what they're made of, and and they've come and they've competed every single day, and that's all we can ask. Well, so um, as we kind of get towards the end here, uh, your boss Jared Grasso, who's also been a bit of a grinder himself coming from Iona what's he been like ever since he took over to become a head coach because you talk about a guy who knows New York basketball yep. and really he knows basketball what's he like uh he's the best I mean we him and I have been very close friends for a long time uh you know have talked about working together at various points and you know this one worked out we started 
in the business together, working camps and, you know, bopping around and doing all that and, you know, had an instant connection. You know, he's also a son of a coach and, you know, we just kind of have that bond and, um, you know, we're built very similarly. We, we, we have very similar views on a lot of things. There's plenty of things that you both have very high expectations, but, uh, you know, we have, you know, we're, we're both built the same, you know, we're both in this for the kids and, in this for, you know, putting in as much work as we possibly need to and, um, you know, doing things the right way and trying to go win games. So, you know, that's that's where we've been. And, you know, him and I, uh, you know, sometimes when you work with a friend, it doesn't work out. You know, I, I, know, I know that from people. I've seen that with different people that ah, it doesn't quite work out. And I would say, you know, we were, we were close friends, uh, very, even very close friends prior to this. And, uh, you know, these two, two and a half, three years have uh, done nothing but strengthen that even more. You know, we're, we're very, very similar in a lot of ways, and uh, it's been great. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. A lot, of, off, a lot I, of things off him. He bounces a lot of things off me. And, you know, I would say, you know, not only friends, but confidants. Great coach, thing. even better person, in my personal yep. opinion. And, and and so one last uh, question. Uh, again, all the Martellis continue to be working in the basketball business, including your brother Jimmy. I know that he had some, uh, again, a, 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 an incident that, again, we'll never discuss. We can't uh, disclose. But he's back, and now he's coaching at Virginia Commonwealth uh, for another good friend of ours. Uh, that'd be Mike Rhodes. Mike does a phenomenal job uh, coaching. And uh, what what does he look, uh, Jimmy, your brother, look for in coaching? I mean, he's like all of us, you know. Like he, he's he's got goals, and you know, move up the ladder and do all those things. And I mean, I'm super proud of Jimmy. He's one of the most resilient people I know, and uh, you know, he's uh, the thing about Jimmy is he. Is, I, I consider myself pretty organized. Jimmy is is super detailed, super organized, super thorough. And he is a straight worker, and uh, it, it's no, no, you know, it's no surprise to me. Um, you know, anybody at VCU that I talk to, they all love Jimmy. Yeah, Ed McLaughlin, the AD there, is a very close friend of mine. He's yeah. our AD at Niagara. And, you know, oh yeah, he always tells me, you know, raves about Jimmy and uh, some other people in the department there. Danny O'Brien, who's a good friend of mine, who works in their department, uh, was with us at Niagara. Uh, Mike. You know, Mike Rose, the rest of the staff, Jamal Brunt, J.D. Uh, Byers and Brent, they all, you know, the way they talk about Jimmy, it doesn't surprise me. I've, I've said that forever. I mean, Jimmy, you know, he's just, he just gets it done. <laughs> he just gets yeah, it done. he does. Was your dad, and was your straight, dad, uh, you know, yeah. Straight up worker. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he is one of the absolute most loyal people, uh, in some cases, you know, loyal to a fault. But, uh you know, one of the most loyal people, you know, anybody would find. And, you know, I'm super proud of him. And, you know, whatever whatever his ultimate goal is, you know, I, I hope that he reaches that because he deserves it. And, you know, similar to Mike Farrelly and, you know, other people we've talked about. I mean, he, sure. And was your dad, and your dad was pretty, going, yeah. Going, he's going to be ultra, ultra, ultra successful. I mean, he, he has to be a head coach. In the business world for a little while in between stints here. And, uh, you know, he worked for a, a very powerful company in the city of Philadelphia, and their CEO did everything he could to keep Jimmy there. And I think that tells you a lot about Jimmy. It tells you a lot about his character. It tells you a lot about his work ethic. That 
you know, a, a, I guess it's a multi-billion, multi, you know, multi-hundred yeah. million, sure. uh, you know, company in the city of Philadelphia that's a, you know, a, certainly a national power, if not a worldwide power. Um, you know, the CEO of the company is, is begging you to stay. That speaks volumes. Yeah. Now, was your dad, um, after the incident at Rutgers, was your dad proud uh, that Jimmy was able to get back into coaching? Absolutely. And, and I will never forget, um, I'll never forget the night that Jimmy called me. He called you first? The rice job. When, Mike, when Mike got the rice job, he had told me, uh, you know, he said, I, I just really want to hire Jimmy. I really want to hire Jimmy. And at that time, he just couldn't do it. And then when he got the VCU job, and this speaks to Mike's class, the first thing Mike did, he called my dad and he said, I want to hire Jimmy. I just want to make sure it's okay with you. And my dad was beyond thrilled. Mike Rhodes. So Mike Rhodes did that? Mike Rhodes yeah. called your father yeah. first? Yeah. Yeah. He called wow. I'm an That's awesome. That's such class. That is such and, class, uh, my friend. When, when he talked to Jimmy, I'll never forget, I was late one night, I was in bed, and my phone rang, and it was Jimmy, and I answered, and, uh, and he said, he said, Mike just offered me a job. I'm going to VCU. And the excitement in his voice, and, and the one thing about Jimmy is he's pretty stoic most of the time. He doesn't show you a whole lot, but that night, the joy in his, in his voice, um, you know, like, I still, I'm, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was one of my favorite moments as a, as a you know, as a brother, yeah. as a brother to hear him and hear yeah. him, you know, the excitement. Yeah, he was, because he, 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 he had a tough time after that, you know, after the Rutgers uh, firing. And like you had said, he went off to work at a really, you know, kind of become a, a regular person working at a high-tech job. And... But I, I always knew deep down inside Jimmy was meant to go back into coaching. I, I, I just was so proud that not only did he go back into a big-time school, but to be able to coach against, and you actually at one time, because you were the director of operations with your dad, and you two got to face Jimmy twice a year, which yep. was which was definitely, that had to be really, uh, that had to be really exciting. Actually, and again, your family does everything in their power uh, to come to as many games when you're in town, when you're when Jimmy's in town, because you know I see Liz at almost every single every single time. Like if 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 again, whether it is Jimmy or you, because I know I talked to you down at, at Drexel, and your mom was there, and I think I think Liz was there, uh, and that was a little bit before she had to spend time with our good friend Del Greco Wilson, who I'm sure has had a lot of good things uh, to say uh, to say, or I'm sure is like uh, Mike a good part of the Martelli family. No doubt about it. I mean, I was a kid growing up sitting next to Dell at games, and, uh, you know, it's only grown from there. So, yeah, yeah he's a good. It's, it, and that's what's special and truly, truly special about Philadelphia is, is those connections. It's the one thing I miss being up here, uh, to be honest with you, is that, is just seeing the people, the, the basketball people. And, you know, I say it, I've been to a lot of places. I've worked at, you know, Central Connecticut, I've worked at Manhattan College, I've worked at Niagara. Uh, University of Delaware, and, yep. you know all those places now, and been to all these different cities, and have connections with people, and you know in the basketball world, and just about every major city, you know throughout the country. And there's nothing like the Philadelphia basketball. That's world. true. There's nothing like. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. It sounds cliche to say. And it sounds Your dad says the same exact thing, by the way. But that's true. Places, but and it's not, it, there's nothing.
nothing like it. The connections, the way it's, you know, woven into the fabric, the way everyone is intertwined. I mean, that's what people from outside the city will say. Like, you guys are all, like, how do you all have, like, oh, yeah, he's married to so-and-so's cousin, or he's this, or he went to this school with my, you know, and you're like, and, and people say it all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's that's Philadelphia. Like, it's it's a parochial town. Everybody's from a neighborhood, and every neighborhood's intertwined, you know, for better or worse. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the thing that I love the absolute most, and it's the thing I miss the most, you know, yeah. really being away is, you know, being able to do that on a weekly and nightly basis, going into a gym and, you know, and spotting, you know, a handful of people and say, all right, I got to make sure I go say hi to him and spend some time with him. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward myself to the high school and college season, wherever that may be. I'm going down, uh, you know, down to the south for for hopefully the next few months. But, again, we're kind of taking this on a day-by-day basis. I'm supposed to do a high school event with uh, a great high school player named Mikey Williams, and uh, we're going down to the Carolinas and, uh, you know, like I said, among the people, I always enjoy seeing um, when we're on the road as yourself because you and I, like I said, have, have logged so many miles together, uh, whether it's sitting next to one another or, or calling each other on the phone. And usually you're, you're one of the many people who expects my phone calls of a Philadelphia player. And that means so much Please, I that... You, I know you see as many people play as probably anybody else out there. So if you see somebody you think... Well, if the vo- if the voice is speaking, then usually Phil Martelli Jr. is listening. Phil Martelli Jr., as always, we thank you so much for being here on The Voice Report. Have a half- rest of the happy Thanksgiving, uh, and we will definitely catch up with you down the road. My regards, of course, to your wonderful family. Uh, your dad, your mom, your sister, uh, your brother, Jimmy. Good luck uh, this weekend again uh, on Black Friday against Syracuse University. I hope to catch up with you very soon. Jake, anytime. And uh, you know, great talking to you. And I miss everybody down there in Philadelphia. And hopefully you know, the world will fully open up again here at some point in time. And I can get back home and see everybody and spend some time in, in all of my favorite gyms down there. Uh, that looks forward to that. Jake Schwartz again here on this Thanksgiving edition of The Voice Report with Bryant men's basketball coach Phil Martelli, Jr.